Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Bellstar. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona, and, and the, the world, world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email thctucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweed's Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweed's Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. All right. Welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. It is May 30th, and oh, I can't believe it. It's in the May. We're coming into summertime. Woohoo! Oh yeah, because it's already hot here in the in the Southwest Desert. Here, it's like yesterday it was 96. It's supposed to be 100 and something today. Oh, who wins that cruise? Take me, because uh, you can take Cannabis Kid and I, because we'd really like to go. Uh, speaking of Cannabis Kid, he's not here today, and neither is the Silver Sisters not here today either. Sadly, we've lost the Silver Sister. She's gone back to New York, happy travel, safe road trip with Lunatunes, snort, snort. And uh, Cannabis Kid is out networking. We'll call it that. He's out gone out there in the world, and uh, yeah, what the heck happened to our music? See, this is what happens when uh, tech guy, tech girl, everybody's not around, got, uh, there we go, bad connection on the Mac, oh, all right, but that's okay, we're here, it's Weed Day Wednesday, everybody, and uh, what strain are you all on this morning? I smoked a little cheese with, um, I don't know if it was Hippie Hash or uh, what else did they call it? It's kind of Keith. It's from Desert Bloom from the 520 event. This stuff, oh, a little goes a long way. Yeah, clap for that because it really does. We talked last week all about microdosing and the importance of that. And if you missed that, we can probably find another article to read again because it's, it's super, 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 super important. Um, people right now are, I think, taking too much cannabis. <clears throat> for what they need. Um, sure, it's fun. <laughs> smoke, smoke, smoke. That's fun. But really, I hit my bong once, and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I am good to go. Um, symptoms of fibromyalgia go away, scoliosis, kyphosis. And, of course, everyone always, I mean, we always say, you know, have a healthy preventative, you know, lifestyle. So exercise, eat right, eat organic, you know. Um, and all that means is there's less Crap in your food, folks. Come on, we don't want to chew plastic. We want to chew what we're actually chewing. Fruits and vegetables and meats and nuts and berries. 
Yeah. Um, but, you know, do, do good to your body and live a healthy lifestyle. Cannabis is just another boon. Love that word. It's another plus. It's another gift that we have um, from this planet. And uh, if you go to Dr. Robert Melanie's Facebook page, you'll find some awesome articles. And he's always chatting um, with people. He'll talk with anybody. It's fantastic about um, cannabis in our bodies and how important it is. And he's on a particular diet himself. But everybody, you know, everybody does their own thing. We just, you know, try to promote and support healthy eating and exercise along with your cannabis. It's a good thing. That's right. We love our cannabis. So um, let's see. Today there's there's uh, all sorts of stuff going on today. So uh, with politics in the air, uh, judge says Florida's ban on medical marijuana, uh, on smokable medical marijuana, is unconstitutional. Check this out. Uh, Tallahassee, Florida, Florida's ban that prevents medical marijuana patients from smoking their cannabis has gone up in smoke. <laughs> Leon County Circuit Court Judge Karen uh, Guyver, if I'm saying that correct, sorry, ruled that a state ban on smokable cannabis is unconstitutional. Florida's Department of Health said in a statement it has appealed the ruling, which will impose an automatic stay. Guyvers wrote in her 22-page ruling that Floridans, quote, have the right to use the form of medical marijuana for treatment of their debilitating medical condition as recommended by their certified physician, including the use of smokable marijuana in private places. Oh, that's awesome. Amen. If your doctor says this is the best way to use something, you know, I mean, it's safe. Uh, that's what you should, that's what you should do. If you're a good doctor, uh, Ben Polaire, who runs nonprofit medical marijuana advocacy group, Florida for care said the ruling is a big victory for patients and voters. Taylor Patrick Beal of the Medical Marijuana Business Association of Florida added, quote, despite legislative pushback over interpretation and ideologies, justice has been served, quote. And I'm going to just clap for that because that is, you know, one one person's interpretation of something that they've never used or don't even bother to educate themselves about is not, you know, you've got to, you know, justice has to be served in that case because their ideologies and their interpretations of something that they don't know anything about um, are not okay to impose upon people, especially uh, if it's a medicine and people need this. Excuse me. Voters approved a constitutional amendment in 2016 allowing the use of medical marijuana. The only mention of smoking in the amendment's language and in an intent document Uh, during the 2016 campaign was that the legislature and local governments could restrict it in public places. Okay, places have. They might want to consider that for cigarettes. Uh, The legislature last year posted enacting laws that ban the sale of smoking products, citing a health risk. The laws signed by Florida Governor Rick Scott in June say patients can use cannabis through vaping and in food, oils, spray, and tincture. John Morgan, who led the push to legalize medical marijuana in Florida, filed a lawsuit challenging the ban two weeks after Scott signed the bill. He was joined in the suit by two patients with terminal illnesses who benefit from smokable medical marijuana. So, seriously, smoking medical marijuana or marijuana 
is an instantaneous relief of so many symptoms that someone might be experiencing. And if they've got terminal illnesses, you know, they want relief now. They have a matter of hours, days left to live. So, you know, people should be able to make these decisions. You know, it's their body. Kathy Jordan, who has had ALS since 1986, says, smoking the plant dries her excess saliva, increases her appetite, and works as a muscle relaxer. Hmm. Whoever knew that cotton mouth would actually be a good thing for somebody. That's pretty cool, actually. To eat. See, this is the kind of stuff that makes my mind go, wow. And exactly. Who thought that? That's awesome. I love that. A lot, you know, not a lot, but some people do have excess saliva, and that's a great, a great benefit from cannabis, smoking cannabis. Uh, Diana Dotson, who has had HIV since 1991, testified May 16th that vaping is 50% less effective than smoking, and that smoking allows her to get the proper dosage. Well, that's interesting. Very, very, very interesting. Vaporizing cannabis is such a different effect. So. You know, and once again, it goes back to people that aren't educated about this. So um, they really just really need to get educated. Jordan said that when she was diagnosed with ALS, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, doctors thought she would live only three to five more years. She credits smoking with helping to prolong her life and has been supported by her physicians. Quote, so many people won't smoke due to the stigma and it being against the law. This is legitimate medicine, quote, she said by phone from her Manatee County home after the ruling. This ruling is not just for me, but for many other people. Bob Jordan, Kathy's husband, said he was still in shock after getting the call about the ruling. A little woman with ALS took on the state and once. That's an amazing thing. It's kind of surreal, he said. He tweeted after the ruling that truth prevails. Uh, Florida Department of Health spokesman Devin Galetta said in a statement that the ruling, quote, goes against what the legislature outlined when they wrote and approved the law to implement the constitutional amendment that was approved, quote. The next stop will be the state's first district court of appeal in Tallahassee. It will be the second medical marijuana case that court will be taking up after Guyvers ruled last month that it's Tampa man, Joseph Redner, is entitled under state law to possess, grow, and use marijuana for juicing. Oh, so awesome. Redner was prescribed juicing treatment from his doctor to prevent a relapse of stage four lung cancer. Are you guys hearing this? Stage four lung cancer. This is, you know, I was just talking. I love my neighbors. They're they're very open about listening to me babble on about cannabis. But we were talking about the power of juicing um, and and eating it just even dry. Um, I know you get a lot more benefits because when you juice something uh, just right off the plant, it's still live. It's still got all those fresh enzymes in it. And that it's an amazing, amazing difference. If, um, and maybe, maybe we'll do that today because it's an important thing. We have a video. Um, and it's only 15 minutes. We might just play it today. Uh, but it's it's the power of juicing. It's called Leaf, and uh, by Dr. Uh, Courtney, and it's really really amazing. So that's great. Um, I hope that they you know win over this completely because in any any state that allows for medical marijuana, I believe should allow it in any form like we do. 
Exactly. Arizona will allow cannabis from seed to leaf. You know, if you want to pull a leaf off and eat it, or um, my neighbor really wants to get a card and find somewhere she can uh, get leaves and juice it. Um, not a lot of dispensaries will do that. You can call around. I think there are one or two in town that will sell uh, leaves. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But um, it's super important, I think, to allow people um, telling somebody who had swallowing problems that they could only swallow the big capsules that you get, like ibuprofen. That's the only thing you can have, or capsules. But I can't swallow those. That's, I'm sorry. It's the only thing you can have. I mean, seriously. I, I just don't understand that, that that way of thinking. You know, we, we are not, we're human beings. We're all on this planet together, and whatever anybody else thinks we really are, we're all here. And, I mean, and we need to be kind to each other, and we we need to, you know, give each other our space to learn about our own bodies and, you know, what we want to do and use to heal them. And cannabis should just be an option. It's not an alternative. It's, it's just an option. Amen to that. So... Let's give a little shout out to Tumbleweed Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Come on down, check it out. 1,500 square feet of awesomeness. Um, we've got a lot of great pipes down there. Um, a bunch of handmade stuff that, that you won't see anywhere else. It's not. This isn't your Chinese stuff uh, in bulk. This is. We have local artists coming in and bringing in their goods and wares, and it's awesome. Um, we have a lot of different CBD products now. Come down and check it out. We've got some really good information on CBD down there. Um, we have some great new products down there. And I'm going to find a um, an article again about microdosing uh, cannabis because <laughs> microdosing caffeine. Okay, well, that will work too because we've got a lot of products down there at Tumbleweed Health Center, um, and I think some of the, the, like the chews, we've got these giraffe nut chews, which are awesome, and they work really well, but I think 15 milligrams in one tiny chew is too much, so when you're microdosing, um, <clears throat> you just need tiny little bits, so you, I mean, you literally could get 15 tiny pieces um, out of that, but that, you know, that's that's stretching it. Um but anyway, come on down, Tumbleweed Cell Center, 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. And if you want to get certified, it's a very, it's a, it's a pretty simple process. If you have medical records um, that are within the last 12 months, if you've seen a doctor in the last year uh, that has diagnosed you with PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, HIV, AIDS, ALS, Crohn's disease, agitation of Alzheimer's disease, a chronic or debilitating disease, or a medical condition or the treatment for a chronic or debilitating disease or medical condition that causes wasting syndrome, severe and chronic pain, severe nausea, seizures, including those characteristic of epilepsy, severe or persistent muscle spasms, including those characteristic of MS. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. 
With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. Please do so, 520-838-4430, or come on down, 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. We are at Broadway in Swan. Very easy to get to. Uh, we have our own big space now and plenty of parking. We're open Monday through Friday, 10 to 6, and Saturdays, 10 to 3. Um, so the benefits of microdosing. Actually, let me give another shout-out real quick. My apologies. Let me go back here, make sure I get my shout-outs. Um, <clears throat> Grower's House, if you all have the rights to grow, or if you just want to grow tomatoes or strawberries, I'm working on some strawberries myself. Um, I have a big, beautiful pile. Um, you can go to growershouse.com and check out. Um, they're super competitive as far as pricing goes, but they're a family-run operation. If you go down there, they're super awesome to talk to about anything, nutrients, water, soil, hydro, lights, air, CO2, all the good stuff, the teas, the, you know, how to make everything aerate and bubbly and fun for your plants and healthy, all that good stuff. Go to Grower's House because they're really, really, really awesome. Great folks down there. Um, and they have a big, beautiful new new warehouse, too. So they've got most everything in stock. And if they don't, they'll order it right there for you, and you'll have it in usually just a couple days. It's a turnaround times really quickly. So, um and we'd also like to give a shout-out to our Canna Health online digital magazine. You don't have to be anywhere except where you are right now, uh, probably on your phone or your iPad or your iPod or your something or your Android something, uh, and you, your computer. I need a touch screen, though. I keep trying to touch this, and this, it just keeps, like, bouncing back at me, and that's not very fun. Um, anyway, so check us out and check out uh the online magazine, if you go to tumbleweedshealthcenter.com and you go to the radio section and you scroll on down, you can actually listen to our past shows, which is really cool. But also you can see our couple of sponsors. If you click on the Canna Health Magazine uh, picture right there, it'll take you right to their online digital magazine. It's really, really great. And these are really great folks and really great ladies that started this. So check it out. And um, we, let's see. Nope. <laughs> yeah. The use of toxic toxic pesticides increase in California's illegal weed farms. Okay, well, there's the first problem is that there's the illegal weed farms. <clears throat> I'd pulled that up to chat about, um, yeah, not such a good thing. The, the use of toxic chemicals like pesticides and insecticides have long been of the biggest dangers associated with cannabis. When growers, whether legal or illegal, uh, illegal use harmful chemicals that can be dangerous for the local environment and for whoever ends up smoking the weed. Now, it looks like this could be a bigger problem than ever before. According to authorities, the use of toxic pesticides increased in California illegal weed uh, farms in recent years. Yeah, that's really bad for animals and the, and the trees and everybody. And if you, yeah, if you end up getting this and smoking this, it could be very, very harmful for you. As per the Associated Press, researchers and federal authorities recently raised the alarm about toxic pesticides. In particular, they reported an alarming uptick in the frequency of toxic pesticides found at illegal growth sites in California. While there are a wide range of pesticides and insecticides that can be dangerous, authorities are especially worried about one specific chemical, carbufurin. 
Carbuturin is a super potent and highly toxic chemical originally intended to kill insects that eat crops. It is incredibly poisonous, and in many places where it's used, it ends up killing much more than just insects. It's so strong, a single grain can reportedly kill a bird. Similarly, small amounts are known to kill mammals like rats and dogs. In fact, it's been reported that a quarter teaspoon of the chemical can kill a three-pound bear. Carbufurin has been banned in many countries, including the United States and the European Union, but now the highly dangerous chemical is showing up at illegal marijuana growth sites in California at an alarming rate. According to the new reports, carbufurin has been found at 72% of the growth sites discovered in California last year. That represents a dramatic spike from past years. For example, the pesticide was present at only 15% of illegal growth sites in 2002. Additionally, many sites have been found to use highly concentrated forms of the chemical, possibly making it even more dangerous. The consequences of chemical-tainted cannabis Researchers and authorities are worried about the implications of so much carbufurin being used in California's wilderness. For starters, these types of chemicals have long-tainted cannabis that ends up getting shipped all over the country. The people who buy and consume the weed have no way of knowing that it's in the product they're smoking or contaminants will produce any negative side effects. Similarly, The use of carbufurin and other chemicals is extremely harmful to California's environment. Insecticides and pesticides can poison waterways and kill fish. Similarly, these types of chemicals can end up killing mass amounts of birds. And when chemicals are used in concentrated form, it it takes longer to break down. This increase increases the chance that larger animals might ingest the chemicals. In particular, many researchers have expressed concern that chemicals like carbufurin could cause significant harm to a small carnivorous mammal called the fisher, which is highly endangered in the state. There are only a few hundred of these animals left in California, and illegal growth sites have been a contributing factor in their disappearance. After discovering the prevalence of carbufurin, law enforcement and environmental agencies are working to crack down on illegal growth sites. California state officials and federal officials say they will team up in the effort. Additionally, $2.5 million has been earmarked to find illegal growth sites. Well, see, that's just lame. <laughs> you know, these pesticides, they're harmful for everything. The animals, the earth, the insects, the plants. But then when someone sick ingests it, someone that already has a compromised immune system, you know, takes a hit of this or <clears throat> eats something that's, you know, that has been cooked in, I mean, they could get really, really, really sick from that. So it's just sad that, again, it just goes back to money and people just don't care about what's going on with with anything else. It's just a really sad thing. Yeah, total boo to that. Um, But we are not going to go boo it. We're going to talk about the benefits of microdosing because I think this is just super, super important. We all do here, actually, um, especially when you're a first-time user and whether it's um, oh, it's any medication, you don't want to just start out at the highest level and be like, yeah, let's do this. Uh, it's not really such a good thing. You don't, you know, read a bottle of Tylenol that says uh, 200 milligrams, you know, take like 10 of them at once, although maybe some people do, but it's probably not a good way to start. 
So microdosing is just starting with very, very, very low um, milligram of whatever it is, CBD or um, THC cannabis, the full-on plant. And here's what High Times has to say about the benefits of microdosing. I'm going to be honest when I say that upon hearing about microdosing pot, I was very skeptical. As someone who has enjoyed joint after joint, smoking little bits at a time just seemed ineffective. I assume anyone with a high tolerance will think likewise. Yet, as mentioned in the previous article, there have been moments in which I have experienced anxiety from too much THC. And to top it off, I'm in the midst of a period of my life where my responsibilities are heightened, therefore lightening uh, my cannabis consumption. Uh, With this, I inevitably began smoking less and less to a point where my tolerance has been lowered quite a bit, and I naturally began to microdose. To be fair, I was a little upset that I couldn't spend hours and hours with my friends getting as high as I used to. However, I'm starting to see why many people are changing their smoking habits in this manner. Before I begin, I want to pinpoint that I'm completely aware microdosing isn't for everyone. To all the stoners who love their multiple blunt sessions a day, this article probably is not for you. But for people who are either looking to change their smoking habits or desiring to start one, microdosing should certainly be considered as an option. To further this up, microdosing with weed compared to microdosing with stronger psychedelics such as LSD or mushrooms is much different. Science has shown that marijuana can safely and healthily be consumed on a daily basis, whereas stronger psychedelics are still in question. Plus, the sensations one should expect to feel are greatly divergent. So what is a weed microdose? In order to truly understand the benefits of microdosing with marijuana, we should first figure out what a microdose is. Simply put, It's intaking very small amounts of marijuana in order to still feel the perceptible sensations. Uh, It should be noted, though, that since this is not a regular dose, the high, quote, threshold is not surpassed. Therefore, it's a sub-perceptile sensation that doesn't completely take over your thought process. For the good majority of those who partake in microdosing, this sensation is considered being on the verge of a high. So what they're saying is that you're intaking so little you don't get, you know, an extreme high like you would if you were just, if you were taking, you know, multiple milligrams or huge bong hits. The only way to understand this feeling is to try a microdose for yourself. However, this feeling will most certainly vary from person to person, not only due to the fact people react to highs differently, but also because much of what you'll feel depends on your tolerance. The higher one's tolerance, the less they'll feel and vice versa. With this information, we can get a sense as to why there are a versatile amount of benefits to microdosing. Some people may profit from the fact that it's less overwhelming than a regular high. Others might find that they can gain a certain productivity by microdosing uh, throughout the day. Since marijuana remains a psychedelic substance, it allows people to work their brains within realms that can't be reached without psychedelic chemicals. And with a microdose, one has the ability not only reach those realms, but also control them. So, yeah, once again, they're saying you're not going to have these overwhelming experiences if you would if you were, you know, eating a half a brownie versus, <laughs> say, just a tiny little bite, which is what we recommend to people 
when when we talk about um, microdosing, we say really start with a half a half a milligram to a gram. Um, some people say 10 milligrams. I still feel that's too much. Um, 10 milligrams of a THC would probably very overwhelm somebody who had never tried it before. And I'm a very experienced and a heavy user, and I had a very overwhelming experience with 15 milligrams of some sort of like uh, Tootsie Roll chew thing, and I just wanted to sleep all day. Um, it was not very fun, but it did relieve my pain. Um, so it says the medical and professional advantages of microdosing. Um, many people are looking towards cannabis to treat mental illnesses, such as anxiety, depression, and insomnia. Since the medical system is so widely different from state to state, and research has only begun within the last couple decades, doctors are still pretty uncertain about how well THC can affect the above-mentioned illnesses. However, the research has found a trend. Let, uh, less tends to be more. In a study published in the Journal of Pain, a small group of cancer patients who were showing inactivity to traditional painkillers was given a THC CBD compound known as nabaximol. Each was given different doses from low to medium to high. The results showed that those who were given a low dose experienced the least amount of pain, while those who had taken the high dose experienced the most. This is only one of a couple studies that have all shown the same results. In terms of medical issues, low amounts of cannabis have proven to be more advantageous than high doses. Reason being is people who aren't used to THC don't feel so overwhelmed by its psychoactive symptoms. Exactly. I'm just going to interrupt here and say, and that's exactly the truth. And I tell people when they come into the health center um, that even if you don't feel anything, that's fine. It's in your body. Maybe take a half a gram or a half a gram, no, half a milligram, half a milligram um, of whatever it is you're trying. If it's a CBD, you can add more to that to get the desired, you know, relief. Uh, if it's a THC product, wait till the next day. Maybe try a, a full milligram, and you know, keep trying a little bit until you get to the point where you feel something maybe you don't want to and that's that high and you can back down from there and know that it's still working it's still in your system and it's still doing its job and that's what microdosing is you just work a tiny bit in there um, and it's still doing what it should be doing it should be noted that there are instances where some patients are in necessity of higher doses due to the amount of pain they're experiencing but when the treatment is winding down and the patient is coming to their healing period they are usually only given microdoses as discussed before, state-by-state -state medical marijuana laws vary greatly. Therefore, it may be difficult for certain individuals to discover medical uh, cannabis. However, if you are seeking out a treatment, the following illnesses have uh, proven to be relieved in some fashion through cannabis. Uh, severe weight loss, chronic pain, nausea, vomiting, anxiety, sleep disorders, arthritis, migraines, HIV, AIDS, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, glaucoma. Um, yeah, any of the seizure diseases, any pain, uh, fibromyalgia, uh, they list migraines, anything. I mean, people ache from broken bones. Um, they ache from all sorts of stuff. So cannabis is very good for a lot of different things. A question that often comes up about microdosing is whether it's healthy to do so on a daily basis or not. Presumably, it's safe to smoke 
any amount of pot on a daily basis. The only difference with microdosing is you won't be affected by the high as much. With that, there are some other contrasts. For example, people who smoke pot more often usually sleep more. <laughs> Wish I did. Uh, inevitably, microdosing leads to a number of different scenarios for a variety of people. An artist may find themselves more creative when they verge themselves on a high before a project. Professionals have found themselves more productive, focused, and less anxious in terms of their work. And some people just enjoy using it as a means for relief after a long day of labor. This is far from the lazy stoner stereotype of last year. It's fairly well known that developers in Silicon Valley were microdosing psychedelics as a means of thinking in, uh, intricately about their creations. So they're more well known for hallucinogens such as LSD or magic mushrooms, marijuana, likewise finding it uh, efficiency for spreading Freshly inventive ideas. Dr. Lester Grinspoon, when he was on our show, told us that he and Carl Sagan, his best friend, um, would call it, it was an enhancement for them. I mean, could you imagine sitting on a porch with Carl Sagan and chatting, smoking a J and being enhanced? That would be awesome. Um, So that's what what he called it, an enhancement. Uh, It says, how to consume. Uh, as we know, there are a variety of ways to consume cannabis, and due to this, there's going to be a variety of ways to microdose, depending on your preference, that there are three general methods people choose. Smoking, vaporizing, and eating it. <clears throat> it should be kept in mind that five milligrams is usually the recommended microdose. Now, I'm going to say once again, this is Belsar, uh, five milligrams to me is, is a little much. For people, especially for someone starting out new, I would really go with a half a milligram to a milligram and start out that way and, and work your way up until you get the desired effect or the, the effect that you don't want and back down. Five milligrams can can be a lot, even in the CBD world. Um, it can be a whole lot. So start small, slow and slow. Smoking, for those who don't know much about microdosing, it's very easy to jump into a smoke session without any knowledge of how much cannabis is being consumed. In fact, combustion of weed gives the user the least amount of control over their dose uh, size. And smoking can often can manipulate the psychoactive elements of THC. So uh, just take a hit and let it go at that. Uh, vaporizing, this is a considerably safer method in terms of what you're inhaling and measuring out your dosages. Vaporizers are a fairly new form of intaking THC and from personal experience, I guarantee the high hits with more of ease than smoking. I myself, um, I don't, I, I, vaporizers don't taste very good to me, so I have a hard time with those. Uh, for non-smokers looking uh, to intake marijuana, edibles have always been the most popular option. Thankfully, the doses are also the easiest to measure. However, it should be noted that the high of an edible hits very differently. It gradually builds up rather than occurring almost instantaneously. Also, for those unaware, you should ingest an edible on a full stomach. Yes, sir. If not, no matter how much of a dose you consume, it will hit harder. And finally, the benefits of microdosing weed. With all this knowledge, some people wonder as to why there isn't more research pushing these ideas. If microdosing has proven to be beneficial in a medical and professional sense, then how come governments aren't looking into it further? In any progressive society, anything beneficial to such a high degree should be considered for future research. Unfortunately, marijuana stigma is still prohibiting further research. This may be obvious, but it's something I 
I often become ignorant to while living in a place like San Francisco, California. However, after meeting a good many who come from places such as Texas, I'm beginning to see more and more as to how this stigma is pushed. Admittedly, weed is often seen as something for a couch potato, a substance that will make you lazy and hungry. Of course, we've all had those experiences where a smoke session leaves us glued to comfort. And for some, that's all they want in terms of getting high. Yet it should be accepted that not everyone looking to get high is looking uh, to be in that sort of position. It should be accepted that some of us looking to further abilities through minor mind-altering methods, when I say accepted, I mean it should be accepted by lawmakers looking to progress our society. If the medical benefits of microdosing aren't enough of a guarantee, they are still ignoring a number of professionals looking to further their work beyond what we already know. And do you know what else we already know? I'll be blazing and smoking it, about to go and get some munchy snacks Passing up on those cracker jacks, Reese's Pizzas are where it's at Gotta get me some soda pop, cotton mouth has been creeping up I can't remember where I put my keys, yeah, that's what's up I'ma take your grandpa's ride, I'ma take your grandpa's ride No, for real, ask your grandpa, can I take a 65? Deville cruising to my local Publix Nothing better than rolling with two super fly chicks They have frozen burritos, I bought frozen burritos I bought some Ben and Jerry's, and then I bought some Cheetos Hello, hello, my main man Obama A couple states have just reformed their laws on marijuana What you gonna do, send the feds there? Hell no, the DEAs would be like, ah, oh, they got volcanoes I'm gonna smoke some weed, only got $20 in my pocket I'm a hunt, looking for a pot shop, this is fucking know about the science of marijuana what you know about people suffering from glaucoma they need it they need it it helps them with their condition if you don't believe me then just ask some eye physicians thank your granddad for voting for that guy richard nixon is the president who made the plant illegal but science is now showing that it's medicine for people and the private sector fighting to keep all of that illegal alcohol and tobacco pharmaceutical prisons i'll take those four major lobby groups and fight those motherfuckers they're making money day and night all those motherfuckers and bribing congress out of sight all those motherfuckers they'd be like oh it's immoral and unhealthy i'm like how many people are you making wealth anti-marijuana lobbies are making all kinds of profits and they don't want you to stop it because of all the special interests. i call that getting swindled and pimp shit i call that getting tricked by the government that law's hella old so it's time to update it, regulate it, and then get it under state control. Peak game, look into my political telescope. Think it's gonna stay like this forever? Not hella won't. Not hella won't. Hang on. 
What no what have you heard about uh, the yeah, the passing of allowing cannabis on campus right now? Um, I haven't heard much other than, you know, the article that came out in the news. Um, it'll be allowed in the dorm rooms. So this is for, you know, medical marijuana patients uh, that are attending college right now and might be living in the dorms or on um, in student housing. Um, you are allowed to use your medicine. Um, another thing is, um, I guess, if it's your landlord that's uh, having a hard time with it, mm-hmm. um, that might be something that you need to uh, work one-on-one with your landlord with. But yes. as far as I'm, I'm understanding, it's all student housing and all dorms. You're allowed to use your cannabis if you have a card. Oh, excellent. That's awesome. That is, that is big news. Because people need to be able to use their medicine, you know? They really do. Like we were talking about. Well, you know, it just goes along with the microdosing you were saying. You know, some students Mm -hmm. need this. This is their ADHD medicine, you know. And so, you know, a a small hit from their vape pen right before they go to class, um, before they head out the door. Yep. It's so important being able to use that. Um, Who knows? Some people might need more and they might need a bong rip before they go to class. But the point is that they're using this medication. Yeah, they're using this medication to uh, help them get through their day. Um, and like you said, there's that, that stigma behind it. This all, go, all of this goes hand in hand, hand in hand that you were talking about, Phil, is, yeah. you know, it, there was, there's this stigma about it that says it's, you know, you're, you're going to become a couch potato or you're going to become lazy or, you mm-hmm. know, um, some of this stuff, uh, it does have a tendency to do that when the, you know, different kind of a strain is smoked that you are using might cause drowsiness or, you know, just right. uh, a more mm, out-of-body experience. Is it out-of-body or just kind of like a, uh, a de-stressant? And so when you're de-stressed, you're not really wanting to do anything. So... Yeah. You know, I mean, I take it as it is, and and what exactly does it do? But there's a lot right. of strains out there, me and Belbel, that um, help out with all kinds of things. They get you um, up and doing stuff. Um, a lot of it is some people are in pain, and being able yeah. to use the cannabis helps them get up and actually uh, benefit more from it. So they're actually up doing things and uh, don't have to be uh, sedated in such a way. So, right. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's aware of those things. Yeah. You have, and, and everybody responds differently to, to different strains. Like, you know, what Carmelicious does to you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You want to go to sleep, right? When you wake up, try some Carmelicious. Well, even, even certain sativas, (laughs) Even certain sativas tend to uh, make people drowsy because it's such yeah, a head they high. Me. Yeah, they make me very drowsy. They hit me in the face, and then I feel like I need to just close my eyes because it's just, it's not even, it's just too much. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, everyone, I just pulled into work, to, into the into the fields, and um, oh, wow, look at that. Yeah. Like they're harvesting a little bit this afternoon, this e- this oh. morning. 
All right. Must be an auto plant. <laughs> it is. Just got done in yep. three months. Yep. All right, everybody. Well, Belle, I will see you this afternoon. And, everyone, I will see you next Wednesday for Cannabis Kids Birthday Wednesday Wednesday show. Woo-woo. Fantastic. Have an awesome day in the field. Thanks for calling in. And we will Oh, you're welcome. Later. Happy All Wednesday right. Wednesday. See everybody later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cannabis Kid, everybody. Um, that was nice of him to call in. Guess who has the pet ostrich? J Lo. Her love may not cost a thing, but a fortune went into making of Jennifer Lopez's new music video. The visual for her track titled Dinero demonstrates J Lo's love for luxury things. The video features exotic birds, millions of dollars in jewelry, sports cars, private planes, and smoking wax pens. She flexes her cash flow by wearing over a dozen designer outfits painting dollar signs on expensive cars and roasting a marshmallow over a pile of burning cash. Before the release of the video, uh, Jennifer Lopez performed the song with DJ uh, Khaled at the Billboard Musical Awards. Bronx native Cardi B, who wasn't at the live performance, turns up in the video to represent her and Jennifer's home borough. Cardi brings up <clears throat> their past in the lines, Cardi from the pole and Jenny from the block. To contrast their present success, the millions of dollars in product that went into the video illustrate that they've come a long way since then. Uh, Jennifer Lopez and Cardi B aren't the only ones who have had to overcome adversity. We are both surprised and excited to see a wax pen in the pop singer's music video. Uh, Jenny just wants the green. I just want the green Jennifer Lopez sings on the hook of the song. Judging by the title of the track, she is talking about money. However, cash isn't the only form of green getting love in her latest video. Among the flashy symbols of status and wealth, there was a small victory for cannabis. That's right. Uh, a wax pen was featured in a mainstream pop uh, music video. In a couple of the earlier scenes, the model can be seen hitting the wasp wax pen by Mick Vapor. Unlike most of the items seen in the video, the price of the wasp should make it affordable to most cannabis consumers. At just $49.95, the device is more affordable than a gram of concentrates on the top shelf of a marijuana dispensary. Uh, is the appearance of vape pens and music videos a sign of mainstream America warming up to cannabis use? There was a time when there was absolutely no shot of seeing anything connected to weed in a Jennifer Lopez video. Today, finding a vaporizer in a popular music video is actually far from an isolated incident. Uh, the Mig Dre for Dry Herbs was in the hip-hop group Migos' song Motorsport, which featured female MCs Cardi B and Nicki Minaj. Uh, they've also turned up in Bad Bunny videos. You can find weed vaporizers in several other uh, videos with millions of views. How much money went into the video? It's hard to gauge how much money was dumped into the making of this music video. People estimate Jennifer was wearing over four and a half million dollars of Tiffany and Company celebrity uh, uh, jewels. Celebrity manicurist Tom Bachik told people that J Lo's lacquered actual hundred dollar bills on her tips to escalate things even further. There was a pet ostrich and peacock in the shoot. We were just happy to see that money wasn't the only green being celebrated in. De Niro. That's funny. Well, 
No ostriches were harmed in the making of the video, so don't worry. I hope they didn't get too high, though. So J-Lo's smoking the, the wax pens, huh? Man, she must have been trashed. <laughs> yeah, you can get pretty trashed off those things. We did some dabs at the, fi- the 520 event. I keep wanting to say 420. The 520 event. And uh, good. It's, it's good that they had a nice little seating area because you could do a dab and sit down and just hang out under the under the tent, under the trees. Uh, a little dab will do you. Did you know that uh, more teens prefer marijuana to alcohol and tobacco? And this is from Cannabis Now magazine. Teens are making the right choice in choosing cannabis over more deadly substances. Aside from their somewhat uh, trouble liking for high-tech and tasty vape, American teens today are making mostly good decisions. And to be fair, it wasn't teens who made nicotine delivery devices so delicious. Teens are advocating for sensible gun regulations. Teens aren't reacting to marijuana legalization by running to the nearest cannabis dispensary and begging everyone they see in the parking lot to buy them a few grams. Today's teens are, generally speaking, uh, not drinking alcohol or using tobacco products, even in the alluring jewel. Some 46% of teens told researchers collecting data for the National Institute of Child Health and Human Development that they use nothing at all. They are entirely abstinent aside from the serotonin hits related when they post viral content, what more teens are doing, according to a new study, is researching, oh, sorry, is reaching the cannabis, and hopefully researching cannabis, as their first experience with an environment-altering substance. According to new research published in the journal Prevention, uh, the journal Prevention Science, 8% of teens said cannabis was the first drug they ever used, up from 4% in 2004. Rationally speaking, this is not a cause of alarm. Rationally speaking, this is a good thing. Think about it for a second. Nicotine, the chemical stimulant in tobacco, is addictive. And tobacco is absolutely deadly. If you smoke, you will likely die from smoking, which is why we have don't start drills in our heads. Alcohol, while pleasurable and possibly even beneficial in small doses, kills 4,300 American youth every year. It is so predictable as to be boring um, white noise at this point, but in this context, it's relevant. The number of recorded deaths attributed uh, to marijuana use is a grand zero. Uh, there are two ways this data will probably be interpreted. One is the prohibition of sign marijuana legalization is leading more teens to use cannabis, and cannabis is bad for developing brains. This is not wrong. Yes, there's more weed around and more teens might be compelled to try weed because they assume that it's not quite as harmful as other substances and not nearly as harmful as they've been led to believe. Here's the thing about this line of reasoning. It's not wrong. And that brings us to the other take that we had on this matter. Teens are smart, and if they must choose something chemical of altering their consciousness, which they will, and only... (laughs) A deluded fool would pretend otherwise. Choosing cannabis over addictive, deadly substances is the wisest choice. Yes, people can be addicted to cannabis. Well, I wouldn't say that. Uh, And yes, cannabis might exacerbate underlying mental health and psychological issues. I do agree with that. It's not without risk. Exponentially lower than with America's other tonics of choice. Time pause. If a kid starts smoking cigarettes early, just like the tobacco industry has been trying to get them to do for generations, they will likely become a lifetime smoker. We hear much about cannabis's impact on a developing brain, but we absolutely know alcohol consumption interrupts critical brain development. So 
while it might be unseemingly uh, to start high-fiving the team, slinking away to sneak a blunt, if we are honest, we must admit of all the options available to them, at the very, very least, marijuana is the least bad choice available. Hmm. Okay. And with that, we will close. So send us your thoughts and your comments. I'm sorry we didn't have a blog today. That system went down. We'll, check, we'll tell us. Uh, blog talk radio about that later. We got the 504 error. The request could not be satisfied, but that's okay. We had a good time anyway. Learned a lot today, read a lot today. Canvas gave me missed you. Thanks for calling in. Silver Sister, safe driving. Where's our beep beep? We don't have one. Um, we could do a, a golf clap. Golf clap. We love golfing, yeah. Um, so, kids, get educated out there. Read, read, read. Even if you have trouble reading, then get on some videos and listen to what um, scientists are saying about our, our amazing plant. And um, get out there and read about your politicians coming up so you can vote wisely. And most importantly, just have a great day and be smart and be safe and educate. Happy Wednesday, everybody.